Welcome. Dave, I have to ask you a question. Yes. And I I think I probably already know the answer to this, which is never. But how often do you go to the mall? You know, what's funny. I used to be a big mall guy. I used to love the mall. Used to be. Used to be. I'm talking about right now. I never go. I never go. And I think it's. I'm not obviously at your level, Nicole, but I'm the worst when it comes to recognizing faces and names. And I'm so afraid to go to Target even after 10 o'clock in the morning that I'm going to run into somebody that either they know me from TV, radio, or I coached their kids. And I'm just afraid of I won't recognize who they are. And I'm just terrible at it. So I just try to avoid people. So you're socially awkward. I'm socially awkward. I'm an Amazon guy all of a sudden. I am. It's embarrassing. Okay. Well, I am not. <laughs> I, I mean, I am. I'm probably socially awkward, but that's a given. But I go to the mall, and um, I'm there with my daughter, and we're walking, and um, we're a huge sneaker people. I don't know. Me too. Okay. Me too. So I spend an astronomical number that we will not disclose on shoes for yeah. my daughter and I, specifically sneakers, not shoes, sneakers. Um, and this guy is like. Uh, my daughter watches a, another guy on um, TikTok where he's like, um, oh, when I see the foam, I'm in the zone. And I don't know if you know what that is. And he cleans his sneakers. And I'm like, this is so weird. So we're in the mall and there's a guy cleaning sneakers. And he's like, come over, come over. The product for free. I paid my $60. But I'm going to tell you guys something. Like a fucking gem. <laughs> It's this one is not foamy like the one my daughter uses on TikTok, but it comes with that brush. And yes. now I want to go back and ask him because he had like the shoe shine little stand. I want it in my life. I don't yeah. need it, but I want it in my life because then I came home and cleaned all of our sneakers. Nice. And I like to buy rare sneakers. And my daughter is obsessed with um, custom on uh, Converse. Like she does yeah. custom sneakers all the time, um, which puts the price like way up here. So I'm like, we can't put them in the washing machine. You can't put them in the dryer. This stuff, this stuff works. And it, it, it truly, truly, honestly is like a miracle. So go get it. If you haven't already, my other thing that I found, I could ask you, is, what is you your know, dream shoe? What's your dream shoe? What do you want right now? Oh, I'm a Nike. First of all, I'm a Nike girl. Me too. And, um, I always go for, um, Kiki, bring me one of my, that yellow, <laughs> that like mustard yellow Nike of mine. I go and I find ones that are already made, but are rare. Like I, I go into like the deep, dark depths of like Nike and I find things that nobody's buying and I buy them. So um, like this, this is my favorite I like right it. now. This is my favorite. Yeah. See, I want so. that shoe right there, but I want the racer blue with the white. I've been looking nonstop, but I cannot, can't find it anywhere for less than $350. Well, yeah, I mean. Yes, they're expensive. That's the whole. But then you go into these, they're coming out with all these new cool sneaker shops and you walk in and there's walls and walls of shoes. But then it's like everybody has access to them. I don't want I don't want what everybody's (laughs) having. I want the I want the the cute ones. Um, And then so you also know that I have been doing um, CVS shopping for products which my local cvs lady told me to stop losing weight she said i was losing too much weight (laughs) made me feel really good um but i got the um from kimchi if you guys don't know about it kimchi i bought the um cheeky threesome it is so cute look at these colors and i was so like afraid to touch it because it's so perfect um Ladies, I love it. It's bright. A little goes a long way. It's really nice. And it was cheap. It was, well, it's under, it's like in the $20 range, which I think is still fair. So we have a guest today who I love. I love deeply. Like I love him deeply. I protect him. I'm, I'm super protective over him. I want people to see him and know who he is because he's honestly one of the best people I have in my life. And um, let's bring him on. Let's go. Let's go, Jeremy Jackson. Where are you? Do you pay the $5 a month so you get the $10 a month free at CVS? No. Oh, you got to sign up. I it's don't. $5, it's $5 a month at CVS and you get $10 of free stuff every month. You got to do it. I did sign up and I unsigned myself because it wasn't working for me. 
Um, which, you know, what was it, funny you bring that up because there was a lady today <laughs> in line in front of me with like the big receipt thing. And I'm like, look, yeah. bitch, all you have to do is download the app and it all goes straight to your phone number. So as soon as you put your phone number in all the coupon codes are there, but yeah. she doesn't know and she doesn't care. And I'm just sitting there like, you know, waiting, waiting, waiting forever while she's going through them. Um, it didn't work for me that that program did not seem to really work for me. So before I go in every day, I go in the search and I say like what I'm looking for and I walk out of there with steals. So like, yeah, I'm content. I'm content. Totally. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I dude, I'll go in there to grab something and it'll be free once a month. It's like, yeah, $10 worth of stuff for free. Yeah, I know. My my daughter, she goes, um, she was visiting from New York and she goes, um, I have to go. I go go to CVS, put in my phone number. And she comes out and she was like, it was all free. Was yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's great. That's it. Yeah. Where yeah. are you? This looks amazing. What's behind you? Uh, my little vision boards back there. I love um, it. And, you know, keepsakes and pictures and. I moved into a little old back house and uh, was built in the fifties and it was pretty gnarly with a lot of uh, asbestos linoleum flooring and strange things. And I spent two months and I did like a full remodel by myself and I've never even, not really by myself. I had some help and guidance, but I've never really done anything like that. It was a fun endeavor. This is an old um, album wall. This is where you put records. Oh, this cork oh. cork. And you would put records all there. Cause there was a built-in, record player unit thing here oh. is literally from the 60s yeah it was pretty cool oh i love that what city are you in and now it's City a built-in cork board cork board uh you know like a vision board wall uh, I, I lose things if i can't see them i like to be able to see all of my stuff if it's I'm in with a corner you. somewhere or in a pile i forget it even exists so it works well for me uh costa mesa oh i love Newport it Beach, oh costa good yeah. you're home yeah. Yeah. you're home Yes, we all grew up in Orange County. If mm -hmm. yeah, for the rest of everybody that doesn't know, that's the place. That's the place to be. So, congrats that's on it. the podcast. This is great. Thanks for having Thanks. me on. It's fun, right? So happy, yeah. and you shaved all your hair off. Yeah, it looks I shaved good. my head to. I did. Uh, you have hair grafts hair. down in Mexico. I went oh. and got more hair transplants. I took it out of the back of my head. They put it on the top of my head. Are you joking? Or are you for, no, you're serious? Funny. You can kind of see in the front oh. where it's still a little bit pink right here. I didn't even know you needed that. Well, I don't. You probably don't want to wait. Probably right. Yeah, you probably yeah. didn't even need that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know uh, you so well. You uh, 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 I could have got by without it, but, you know, why settle for less? Uh, it's true. True, yeah, true, and you true. Like your expensive sneakers. I got a whole wall of sneakers over here, so I get it. Yeah. I mean, you got to live your life. Gotta have shoes. <laughs> Gotta have shoes. Yeah. But now it's weird when you walk around barefoot. Yeah, it's kind of nice. I switched over to these barefoot shoes, like these uh, you know, wide toe box, very, very thin piece of rubber under your foot. It feels like you're wearing no shoe. Your feet are very free in there. And now all my shoes bother me. Like I got used to these barefoot minimalist shoes that don't pinch your feet. And all my Nikes, I'll I'll walk out of my house and I turn around and I have to go change to go. like it. I'm just going to sell them all, I think. You know what that sounds like? It sounds like when you go get a pedicure and you don't have the proper shoes and they give you those little thin foam. Like, uh, yeah, it's kind of like that. It's kind do you like remember that. when we were, do you remember when we were in Hawaii shooting the Baywatch movie and Momoa would wear um, flip-flops and he would put them in like in the wrong toe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was what, his same theory of like yeah, not yeah. wearing shoes. You yeah, gotta not keep your toes wide. You keep yeah. your toes separated. Listen, I'm a that barefoot girl. Carrie, yeah, that was Carrie Tagawa. Yeah, Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat. He started that, and then Jason Momoa. I tried to adopt it. It was too weird. It was too <laughs> weird with the shoe. I'm a yeah. barefoot girl all day long. The first yeah. thing we do when we get home is we we take our shoes off. Yeah. Shoes, yeah. bras, everything. Like everything comes off the second we come home. And I run around. Yeah, my feet, you know, they have some wear and tear on them. Um, yeah, because you're with the earth. I don't know. Totally. Like, we sound yeah. so crazy saying that, but you are. <laughs> you're like with the earth. Uh, yeah. Ten years ago, you would have sounded weird. Nowadays, it's not <laughs> weird anymore. People are getting it. Yeah. yeah finally. Maybe. And then a thousand years ago, you would have sounded weird wearing shoes. Correct. Yeah. Here we're, we're getting back to basics. We are. And I love that. 
So tell me what, uh, what's going on with you? What are you doing? Like, what's your day to day? What do you, what, what does that look like? Dude, I, I have a life like beyond my wildest dreams. I freaking can't believe it. I got to pinch myself. I got a pretty, pretty specific routine, you know, and I'll, I get up like five in the morning and I go to the gym, work out with some fun friends. We have a good time. We laugh, we yuck it up. We, share cool stuff we're reading and, or, um, you know, different experiences we're having and, um, talk about different, you know, businesses or ideas and how we can help each other or what's going on in one another's life. I come home, uh, take a shower. I hit some prayer and meditation. I, I I've got one, two, I've got like, you know, 10 different books that I'm reading essentially, um, do a little gratitude list or something like that. Send about 20, or so text messages out to different people that are in my little family of kind of, uh, you know, consciousness community group, people who are looking to gain, uh, to gain spiritual awareness and uh, create their best lives for one another. And, and that's pretty beautiful. And then I go to work, man, and, and work is different detoxes, mental health facilities and drug and alcohol rehabs. Um, I show up with my little bag of tricks, spirit animal cards and, and bracelets that we make and setting intentions and essential oils and, you know, different podcasts we'll listen to from all kinds of people, Wayne Dyer and, uh, Joe Dispenza, Russell Brand, or what we do little conversations on breaking the paradigm and having a, a new perspectives and stuff. These people are pretty stuck and, and hurting. And so trying to, bring awareness and help them kind of get out of their rut and I go from one place to the next and I work until 2 2 30 in the afternoon I have a little time to myself come and do a podcast talk to some friends run some errands or whatever then I go to different groups uh, around 5 30 p.m I go and I hang out with about 50 of my good friends and we talk about God and we talk about life we talk about sobriety I come home at seven o'clock at night and it's freaking over I'm tired I'm ready to just, you know, listen to something or do a meditation or watch TV and crash out. I get up and I do the whole thing all over again. And it's freaking rad, man. I mean, I couldn't ask for anything more. I love it. You're always an inspiration. Like, honestly, dude, like you are always, always an inspiration. Like I always look at you, whether it's a good time or a bad time with you, you're just always so true and honest. And I, I, thank you. Um, I was actually cleaning my house, a little organizing over the, this last weekend. And I pulled out an old notepad from all these writings that I did when I was in jail, when you were coming to visit me, you know, and I like had all these, these goals and these aspirations and hopes and, you know, and um, I was reading over and I was like brought to tears, man. It's like this dream that I had, like I'm living now. It's so cool. What was that? Seven years ago? Yeah. Like seven years ago. Yeah. And, uh, like it's all come true. It's so cool. Well, listen, it was meant to be like, it was so yeah. meant to be when I, because his, he has a great mom too, is a great, he has a great family in general that I can relate to a lot because she's a single mom and um, she has two kids. Jeremy has a sister named Taylor, but Jelana is like, you know, she's a woman like just trying to get through her own shit. <laughs> and she's also raising, you know, her babies. And she called me and told me about Jeremy's situation. And it was like, what the fuck? Like, no, this isn't where he belongs. He doesn't belong in jail. He doesn't belong in the system. He doesn't belong in trouble. Jeremy needs to be helping people and that's exactly what he's doing. It's exactly where he's at. And this is, um, this is, if anybody is struggling, like reach out to Jeremy or, uh, look to where Jeremy teaches or whatever he does, because it's not a shameful thing. And he's so not non-judgmental and, um, you can tell, you can talk about anything with Jeremy. That's what I love about him. You I really can. Not- you can fart in front of Jeremy. <laughs> you probably farted probably first. Just match it. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And let's call a spade a spade, just so you guys know. Uh, Nicole literally saved my life. I mean, I was looking at this crazy prison sentence for this weird, you know, drug-induced BS gone wrong, whatever, super lame. 
And, uh, you know, I was going to get in huge trouble and my mom, my poor mom, so beaten up and afraid, you know, that, uh, you know, she kind of went into panic mode. And like Nicole said, she legitimately stepped in and was like, nope, nope, that's not going to happen like that. Put me in touch with a, a lawyer that saved me, dude. I mean, it was going to be real bad for me. So that it was Nicole a moment, was a moment in your life. You know, there was yeah. a moment in time that was not the prettiest moment of your life. Pivotal and that's moment. It. Like that's yeah. it. It's a, and we have to stop judging people on moments of time. Um, I hate that. I hated it. And, and, and I sat there and I was like, Jalon, are you kidding? Like, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't gonna like, uh, I, I refuse to let this like, you know, be the rest of his life. And yeah, thank you I didn't that. know, I didn't know. And there were, like, it's not like I'm powerful. I just, my energy was like, my heart was like, let's find somebody. And we did. And I was like, find somebody that like, feels the same way that knows like what a good soul, all the good he's going to do. And let's like fucking fix this. But, um, and here we are. It wasn't, it, yeah. It, it, this was not like, this wasn't anything you deserved. And, um, here you are. It's a beautiful cool. life that you are. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. You know, Jeremy, one of my favorite sayings is you spend half your life learning to be the person you are and, and spend the second half of your life, living that life as the person that you are for, for the people who aren't aware of your story. Can you, can you kind of start at the beginning and, and show how, how you got to the bad part and how you got out of the bad part? Yeah. I mean, I could paraphrase, you know, I guess, and, and try to encapsulate it, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of the belief system that, you know, I was born with this addiction gene, right. This, uh, spiritual malady so to speak this sense of lack and this hyper focus on um comparing my insides to my perception of other people's outsides you know to me from a young boy everybody seemed to be happy and as if they knew what they were doing and i just had this gripping sense of i have no idea what's going on and i don't fit in and 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 everything hurts um, I feel too deeply, uh, learning disabilities, hyperactivity, dyslexia, um, whatever, but also, you know, not having a dad and not, you know, having a, a little single mom with, with no money. And like, how is any of this ever going to go good? You know, to me from an early age, I just felt like this is not going to end. None of this is going to end up well, we don't have the means or the intelligence or the strength or, you know, we're without, and, uh, I don't like the way life feels. Um, and, uh, you know, I discovered first performance as my first sense of power or my first sense of belonging or my first sense of, uh, having, uh, having something to offer. And that was really my first drug. I got high on that. And I did that all what day, every day performance singing dancing entertaining oh, yeah okay so from one year old you know i'm i'm working on my craft i'm creating dance routines and you know whether i was uh lip syncing a song and doing a dance or whether i was putting on a costume and doing a show people paid attention people liked it i got smiles i got approval i got laughter um and i was like okay here this is it this is my sense of belonging and I was passionate about it. I didn't know uh, the entertainment industry. We grew up in Orange County. Uh, I, I didn't, uh, you know, have a, a, a big idea of where it was going to go, but I was just doing it because I discovered something I love, maybe something that got me out of my pain, uh, maybe something that created some happiness for other people. And, and I loved it. And so that obviously got me a lot of work because I had essentially been working on it from one to six years old. So for four years, I'm practicing all day and every day. And now I get this commercial and they want me to do this or do that. No problem. I've been doing this and that alone in my bedroom all day, every day. I can do that. I can pretend I love this race car. Um, so it's a Mattel commercial at six. And then that turned into six Mattel commercials because I was so easy to work with. I was so passionate. I paid attention. I needed that. I needed to do a good job. If I didn't do a good job for them, I saw myself as a failure. Um, so I was driven, very driven from a young age um, and very mature for my age and hardworking for my age and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was a strength of mine. Anyway, that turned into a lot of work and we got out of the slums and now we can, you know, have a car that doesn't catch on fire every day. 
and uh, you know, then it was Baywatch, and and from from Baywatch it was uh, music. It was two albums and five singles, and a couple top ten hits, and big concerts. And then it's you know turning down this million dollar movie offer because I'm busy in Europe doing my music career. And then it's can you just come into the studio for 15 minutes for 30 grand to do this voiceover on this? It's like yeah, cool. Look at me, dude. I'm the man. And um, so from ten to to 18 was a, a whirlwind of stuff and fans and huge piles of fan mail. I could literally swim through and, you know, private security and managers and agents and publicists and people are fighting over me. You know, I'm a hot commodity. I'm a hot ticket. Good thing. I have been working so hard at this. I'm a consummate professional. I'm a PhD in entertainment already <laughs> at, uh, at 12 years old. So anyway, um, discovered, you know, drinking, smoking weed. I always had that uh, a weird sneaking suspicion that there was more to life. And I never really felt like I arrived and I wanted to arrive. I wanted to be grown up. I wanted to be powerful. I wanted to have influence. I wanted to belong. I wanted to be needed. And um, so, you know, it's kind of normal. 12-year-old kids want to hang out with 14-year-old kids. 14-year-old kids want to hang out with 16-year-old kids. 16-year-old kids, you know, you want to grow up a little faster, at least I did. And I did the weed smoking and the drinking and knocking back a couple beers like grown-ups do looks cool, looks fun. They're laughing. They're having a good time. So I'm going to do that. But, you know, what I didn't know is, is what a grip that was going to get on me and how, you know, I have an obsession of the mind and I have a, a genetic mutation in my brain. And once I do something that cascades dopamine, every cell in my body on a biological level believes I have to do that again to survive. And a, and a good idea voice doesn't win against a biological urge and necessity for survival. I didn't know that once I got high and I felt that great elation or that sense of woo, I didn't know that I wasn't going to be able to talk my way out of continuing to do it. That's the disease of alcoholism. That's the disease of addiction. Um, it's not a moral issue. It's not an issue of willpower or character. Uh, it's an issue of biological mutation in a, on a genetic level in the brain. And you can't shut that switch off. It's like making yourself stop breathing. It's not possible to do. Saved by an act of providence and or some big spiritual or emotional awakening. A lot of people blur this line and cross addict and do all kinds of other things to overcome that, but they're just stepping into more of the same. Um, uh, anyway, quit the job, quit Baywatch, quit acting, went full force into partying, wanted to be an adult, wanted to say, screw that. I'll go back to it later. That might have happened. It happened for a lot of people. It happened for Robert Downey Jr. It's happened to other people who went off the deep end and came back and were very successful. Um, but uh, when I got in a lot of trouble, jails, you know, rehabs, you name it, kidnappings, armed robberies, uh, uh, all kinds of scary stuff, drug charges, um, and, uh, you know, got clean and sober when I was 20. And... That was fun. That was neat. Did really well. Um, started working for fashion designers and producing fashion shows and traveling the world outside of television and film, more into the fashion and, and nightlife entertainment, behind the scenes, not as a front man. Really enjoyed that. Lost the desire really to be a front man. Lost the interest in the entertainment industry. Um, after that, I got really focused on athletics uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, personal training, nutrition, dove into that. I'm an extremist by nature. I'm an overachiever by nature. That's just who I am. Whatever I get my hands on, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And uh, had a lot of fun with that. And uh, was doing very well with over 10 years sober. And that whole, the, the, the sense of pride and ego or, or the loss of perception Um really driven by this, this keep up with the Joneses mentality, this arriving idea, this, um, you know, this illusion of superiority and or reaching the top of the mountain. Um, as a chronic malcontent, we talked about from birth, as a person who's just more genetically predisposed to be obsessed with what I don't have, rather than somebody who's obsessed with, you know, nurturing, grooming, and, and enjoying what I do have. 
um, just by nature, of course, I lost that again. I lost my recovery. I lost my sobriety. Yeah, I went through a, a gnarly relationship and, and um, you know, life is always happening. So I didn't have the tools uh, when as life was happening and I started drinking again and life got horrible all over again. Uh, for, addiction is a chronic, fatal and progressive illness, meaning it never goes away. It gets worse. Um, and it wants me dead, you know, and, um, that's why everyone's overdosing, you know, not because they're killing themselves because they just want to get a little bit higher and they're dying. And the, uh, the overdose rate is, is through the roof now with fentanyl, because it's much easier to do that. Everyone's hearing about that. That's no secret. It's a lot harder to kill yourself with booze or with, uh, you know, uh, cocaine, but now that the cocaine has fentanyl in it and everything, you know, everyone's just croaking left and right. It's insane. It's a full blown epidemic. Anyway, um, Jeremy, not to interrupt Jeremy, uh, you and Dave, Dave, um, is a spokesperson. Um, and he goes around speaking to schools about fentanyl. Beautiful. And the, Beautiful. Yeah, it is Amazing. like, you guys should chat. You guys should chat about this and maybe Absolutely. Like, something you my, guys uh, could do together. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Jeremy, my, uh, my 20 year old son went through a, a lot of the same things you're saying. Mm. And unfortunately he died. He died from fentanyl. I'm sorry to hear that, man. I have some people I'd love to hook you up with the songbird foundation. Um, and Jody Foster, who also she lost her son, and she speaks a lot. Um, she has a little documentary, but it's her full time mission, man. I I got Narcan in my truck. Uh, I lost a 26 year old guy in my arms, a beautiful young boy that I was working with and and loving on, and uh, it was gnarly. I mean, I can't even imagine losing a son, brother. I'm 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 sorry to hear that, man. But thank you for carrying the message. Thank you for turning the tragedy into triumph for somebody else. That's that's powerful. That's a goal to say what. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate the work you're doing in the community. It's my community. You know, it's our community. So, you know, yeah, yeah. there I am in jail, you know, and Nicole's coming to visit me and I'm uh, in rehab and a lot of the, the Baywatch cast really came. It was crazy. Nicole, Nicole came with a Chokichi and, or, and, uh, and Alexander Paul came with Chokichi and they visited me and supported me. They put a little money on my books, man. It was, uh, it was embarrassing yet. Of course, you know, knowing that my friends were, were still there for me and there were still some life opportunities out there for me um was beautiful i was missing a tooth it was pretty yeah. gnarly and he didn't care he used like he's so self-confident this is the thing about jeremy he's like in that big smile and there's like a tooth missing you remind me of my friend george Stoltz. he was the same way when i first met him i was like dude where's your tooth um you gotta love it it's it's super sexy it's super hot like the confidence level through the roof like how did do you see you my gold one uh, yeah, I love it. I you know, my one, daughter, yeah. my daughter came to town. My daughter came to town, and I was like, "You have something on your tooth," and she's like, "No, it's like she has something implanted." Little diamond, little yeah. diamond. Yeah, yeah cool. she's got something gold in there. Yeah, um, yeah. love it. And so yeah, I mean, here I am now. I mean, yeah, almost killed me, almost took me down. I was hanging on by a thread, and uh, Nicole really stepped up for me. I got that that attorney. I never want to have to do that again. And, uh, you know, today I've worked proficiently with very specific tools to make sure I stay in a place of gratitude, make sure I'm a worker amongst workers, because uh, what I've learned at this phase of my life is that life, for me at least, is a paradox, an absolute paradox. Everything I thought I knew is different and actually usually the opposite, meaning the more I let go, the more I experience receiving, meaning uh, the more I surrender, the more I experience the win, meaning when I self forget is when I find myself, meaning that only by dying is when I awaken. And when, uh, you know, all, it's, it's just all the freaking paradox, man. It, it's, it's wild to be in this state of self-forgetting and um, putting others before me. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I, I, I pull my head up from the work and I'm like, holy crap, I've never had it this good. And I didn't do any of it. But you, I just you did letting go. And here it is. No, but you did. That is putting in work. And that is, and, an and that's something I look at though. you. It's an inverted type of work in the work. I'll, I heard all this shit for years. All the answers are within. It's like, man, what are you talking about? That makes no freaking sense. But when you do the inner work, 
Yeah, it's like, there. Oh my gosh, the outside reflects the inner work. This is crazy. This makes no sense, but it works. You're proof of it. No, it's, it is. <laughs> it, it, it is. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. people don't get it. And um, you have to. Because the thing is about get. Yeah, you have to. You have to experience it to get it. it. It's an experience. You can hear it a yeah. million times and you can even try it a little bit. And, you know, I love this, this saying that, you know, it's, you, you can say the prayer, right? But when you experience the prayer, then you become the prayer. It, you become the prayer. I'm not here to say prayer. I'm here to be the prayer. Yeah. I'm here to radiate from a frequency of abundance and love and, 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 and just gratitude. And, and then all of a sudden, all the stuff I asked for in prayers, like back there in those letters I wrote in jail that I was reading over the weekend, I'm like, I'm living it. Holy crap. When you get, when you can uh, be quiet for one moment in your own mind, you need to write a book. It'll happen. It needs yeah. to happen. It, it should happen sooner than later if it's not already happening. Well, whoever's watching this and wants to get involved, message me. We'll write the book. Well, I don't think any, I think all you'll probably need is financing. I think you need to do the writing. I think I will do the writing. Okay, let's go. Let's yeah, see. give me some seed money. I want some seed money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, all you need is a distribution deal. In, yeah. in fact, you can get that on Amazon. It's not even hard these days. You should do yeah. that. You should focus on that. It shall be. Yes. I love you. Oh, I How love was you the so story? Much. Was that a, was that a decent encapsulation of, of what you asked for? I mean, come on. It's so much <laughs> more. You look so good, by the way. And I'm not blowing smoke up your ass like because um, for a minute with the beard, I was like, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. I really, really you look so <laughs> healthy. You don't look like over muscular because Jeremy will really work out. Jeremy will be that guy that you're like, is that? Arnold Schwarzenegger needs to go take a bath. <laughs> um, and you don't uh, look like that because um, yeah, you just yeah. really look beautiful and healthy and um, you're glowing and you're radiating. And I love that. I Thanks, love everything love. about it. That's it. Yeah, I was, I was overdoing everything back in the day. You know, I found that place of neutrality and I'm, I'm just I'm right in the middle now. It's great. It's, it's heaven on earth. Bless you. God bless you because you, yeah, it's working. It's working. So <laughs> if anybody wants to be anything like Jeremy, like I do, I, I'm always watching, um, follow him. What are your, uh, what are your at Jeremy media? Jackson fitness on Instagram at Jeremy Jackson fitness. I'm actually launching a online, um, training program that will include meditations, mindset, um and uh, and nutrition so is that's that going to be at jeremy jackson fitness is that where yep, we find that jeremy jackson fitness on instagram there's a little link right there to sign up um it's coming soon oh i love yeah, right it right around the corner i yeah. love it i might you might see my name like signed up <laughs> seriously uh, i need to like do something um <laughs> thank you for coming on thank you for always being i love you guys my shining light Appreciate everything. Truly. Yeah. This is really cool where I can't. Yeah. Jeremy, before you go, go ahead. I, yeah. as I said, I, I met you right before the show started for the first time. Obviously I've seen you on, on television for years, but I tell you, listening to your story and I can't thank you enough for sharing it because I think the perception of what people who don't go through what you go through or don't have a family member that has gone through what you've gone through, it, it touches a lot of people and it's uh it's a serious issue, and, and man, my hat's off to to Nicole for not turning her back. I mean, Wouldn't for me, my, my biggest things, it is. It's actually listen. It's I was a big... small listen. I, I I don't like all the credit I'm getting given. All <laughs> I saw was a moment of a good person who didn't belong in the place they were in. That's all I was. I was. But a, you didn't turn I, I your back. Yeah, I was just a back. step in going. No, I didn't turn my back. No, I saw I saw a good soul that was in a, in the wrong place, and we needed to fix that. Yeah. from the outside like somebody need to fix that that's all because it shows you the person you are jeremy i'll say for me as i get older compassion and kindness are uh, are the most important thing i love nicole that nicole had it for you i'm glad that you uh you you are where you're at i tell you, i teared up the whole time because it reminded me when i was watching my son 
go through his struggles and uh yeah. and at the, at the end of his life he was winning too it's just he thought he was taking a xanax and someone had fentanyl on it mm-hmm. and and, mm-hmm. and it killed him but he was that guy just like you giving giving speeches at suicide prevention walks and, wow and doing yeah. doing doing the right thing and, and helping kids in the community and he was making other people's lives better so listen to you talk and see that you're winning you're an inspiration to me and i know to many others and, and you're just beginning my friend thank you brother i appreciate it man Anything we can do together to spread the message. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that we all, all right. came well, I'm together. Off. I'm off to lead a meditation now. You got I it. took a meditation me to- of Jeremy's once and it was so deep. It was like way deeper than I could go. Oh my God. So if anybody's like you know, on that journey, so- go. I don't know what that fork, that fork thing is scary. I'll close us out, close us out with go. a little root chakra uh, vibration. Go. One more time. There he goes. Getting close to the mic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You hear that? Yeah. It's heavy duty, dude. This is a. This is like the freaking viking version it of really is and it's kit. a self uh defense mechanism <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of things wrapped up into one super cool well super cool. i love it <laughs> uh, love, love you. you guys man talk Keep to doing you later things, my friend see you soon goodbye peace blessings love Take you care. bye that was cool that was cool yeah it no was that cool, was right? uh that was that was much. I'm I'm sorry for jumping back, but I know you're you know the end of the story. But I don't know if people know the story without looking it up. And I was afraid Nicole people were going to look it up without knowing what they were reading was factual or and what maybe get the wrong story, the bad end of the story. And I, I want to make sure he told it from, from his own words. Yeah, I wanted him to set it straight from his own words because I knew he could tell the story the best. But um, I mean, that's I, what you know, the internet I, I just does. Don't wanna, I know that's why I don't, I don't want to mean to step on it. You, if that's if you took it the wrong way, I just, no, no, no. I know, you know, the whole story and for anyone who's, who's listening to go, okay, what is the story without having to look it up and get the wrong story? So no, I just that's make right. Sure the story and, was told um, correctly. That's right. And I, I love that. And, um, that needed to happen. And, um, you know, it's sad. It's sad to go back there. I mean, I've been there through it all with him and seen him. Like, I, I remember one time being in um, an In-N-Out, like no joke, an In-N-Out, which we don't eat a lot of fast food and my girls wanted it. And I'm like in the parking lot and I like I'm sitting there waiting for like a special order. And there's Jeremy like in the parking lot of an In-N-Out by my house. Like, and I'm like, what the f- what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, waiting waiting to do a deal and i was like oh no <laughs> you know and it, it just is all of these things and you're just like ah oh, it's hard it's just really hard so how, but um how old was jeremy when you met him nicole well when i met jeremy he was really little i mean we both were very young i was only 19 and he had to be uh i don't know i don't even really know he was like a kid i didn't pay him any attention to be honest so was there some point that made you feel like I'm looking out for this guy because he's a kid? I know what it's like to be that age in this business to almost like a family member. Um, kind of. Um, I really was more friends with his mom and um, with his sister. And his sister uh, was like would look out for my oldest. And then um, – I don't know. We had this like kindred because his his mom is a single mom. So like we had this like kindred spirit. We have this thing. And Jeremy was always like, oh, there's Jeremy. And then um, because we both grew up in Orange County. So it's like. um, He's family just with that, you know, it's such a small knit community, right? So it's like be Dennis Rodman's club and there's like Jeter, me and Jeremy, you know, hanging out. And it's like, there's, you know, it's small down there. So um, we're close like that. And then when he started getting in trouble, um, it was worrisome. And then it was like, well, is he going to get this together? Is he not? And then when we got older, uh, I got to know him like for him. And uh, we were more on an even level, like 
field of like, he wasn't that little kid on set anymore. He was like my peer. And they made, he and I, um, a love interest on Baywatch. So all of a sudden, this wasn't Jeremy Hobie anymore. This was Jeremy, who was like my boyfriend. And um, so it, it took us to a different level. And when we got back to Los Angeles after filming in Hawaii, we spent a lot of time together and he was doing really well. So when things, he got married and things went bad and, um, and then things got worse. And I just knew him in such a different way. And, you know, there's a lot of people that you kind of like, I don't know, whatever happens to them is their problem. You know what I mean? But then there's other people where you're like, they don't belong there. Like they're just in a bad place for right now. And he's that guy. And when his mom called and said, like, he was looking at a life sentence, I was like, what the fuck are you wow. talking about? Like, this isn't because he did what he like in a drug induced thing, he stabbed somebody. And that sounds really bad. And I guess that is really bad. But the person he stabbed was also like on drugs and gave him the drugs. And like, this is all just a big mess. You know what I mean? So we have to give this guy another chance. I'm, I'm big on second, third, fourth chances. I don't, um, I feel like, you know, if you're willing to put in the work and you're that let, let's go, let's do it. So, um, yeah, I, I ran across the lawyer and gave her the story and was like, don't you feel bad? Like get him out. And she did. And as I say, again, I don't have any credit. He did the work. Like he did the work. I just was, um, an, a bystander that saw where he should be, like where he was and where he should be. That's all. I just did my due diligence. Like that's it. Most that's people don't. I, I hate to say it. Most people don't. It's been 30 seconds thinking about it. They move on to the next thing. So, uh, hats off to you definitely for not turning your back. Um, again, you, you got the ball rolling. And as he, as you said, he's a very, you know, grateful and thankful to you. Well, he needed it and I, I, I fell on it and had it and we did it and I don't know. And hopefully the, you know, like this is life, right? You do these things for people that you love and you hope that it all just keeps going. And I don't know. I don't, I, yeah, I don't like credit. For I know, it, I know you, you don't want credit for it, but it was, it was, it's definitely deserved. I'll, I'll well, say it since you won't say it. I'll say it. He said it. So, uh, we, we, him and I see it the same way. He's dope. He's dope. Yeah. Right. Like, I, yeah. I think you guys can probably do some really cool stuff together. I'm yeah. hoping. I think it's maybe a good connect. Um, yeah, and that, that's what I like about life. I love seeing everybody like coming together. And you know what else I love is that like we're doing this show and people are thinking like Jeremy Jackson is probably going to come on and talk about like surfing, you know, and we're, we're throwing like real conversations in people's face. Yeah. And just like Matt, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to talk about modeling. And, you know, he's got more going on than that. And mm -hmm. I don't know. That's why I'm glad you have the platform. Again, it's it's your your direction. We the show is perfect title for it for the perfectly twisted, which you it is right. came up with it. You came up with the perfect title for for what we're doing. Before we get out of here, let me let me throw five questions at you. Okay, okay? five questions from uh for, from listeners. All right, here you go. Um, again, if you want to write a question, you have a question for Nicole, just go to the website perfectlytwistedpod.com. Go to the mailbag. You can write the questions. We'll pull questions out. We'll throw them at Nicole. Um, this one's from. Curtis, I know I'm gonna mess this up. Carissa, it's uh, Alimo. I hope that is it. A L A I M O. Um, I know him. Nicole. Okay. okay. Nicole, did you ever think of putting out your very own cooking shows? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, I was. I was. Uh, excuse me. No <clears throat> oh my god! At the end of the show, I always get froggy. Um. <laughs> I was cast for a like cooking cook-off show. And suddenly when the cameras were on and like the focus, focus was on me and my cooking, I got super nervous. Like I couldn't even pour the milk. Like my hand was shaking <laughs> like this. I was spilling everywhere. And I got, um, I got disqualified because I didn't salt the pasta. Oh, but cause what they don't understand is that, and, and you know what the, Curtis, this might be a good idea because what people don't understand is like, I come from a family of high cholesterol. 
So we take salt out of everything if we can't. Like, so I only put salt when you really, really need it. And I only use pink Himalayan salt for the most part. Sometimes I use some black salt, but um, I don't use table salt. It's just yeah. not what I do. Why do you have to salt the um, the pasta while it's boiling? Your it's taste buds are to, that bad. It's Why supposed can't to make it boil salt? faster. It's supposed to make the water no, that's boil not, faster. That's too. not true. First of Is all, that that's not true. That, it's really? supposed to flavor the noodles. If you want to get into it, because I, I am a, a cook. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't make anything boil any faster. It has nothing okay. to do with that. It um, they do it to flavor the noodle. Um, but if your sauce isn't bringing the flavor, then I don't know what the fuck your noodle is going to do for it. I don't know. I'm... So I don't, we don't use a lot of salt. We're, yeah. we're like a bare minimal salt family because high cholesterol runs there, in, there in our genes. So there you go. So Curtis, I don't know. <laughs> All right. This one's from Isabel Strombach. What books would you recommend? Oh, okay. I'm not a big reader because, um, I, when I read it's self-help stuff. Yeah. So Eckhart Tolle, 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 I don't know how we say it, but I think it's Tolle. Um, Power of Now and Stillness Speaks. That's my Bibles. They're right next to my bed. If I were to walk you in there, they're literally next to my bed. Um, and I read them all the time. And I think that everybody could benefit from it. Um, I don't read like recreational. And I've tried to get into... Um, like the the books like on like where you listen to the books yeah and i'm a speed reader yeah i'm a speed reader so like when i'm listening to people reading the books i'm like come on come on come on come on come on yeah i could have read a chapter by now so that doesn't work for me but um eckhart tolle tolle like if you don't know him check him out um he's everything see people always get on me for not reading more but i'm like i'll be honest with you tv's never been better like i can't catch up to all these shows (laughs) There's so many damn things on my list that I haven't gotten to that TV's just never been better. I'm sorry. Yes, that's right. Because you have TV, you have TV. And if I'm going to read, if I have those moments in in my life, like you, like we're parents, we have jobs, we do things. If you have that that moment, I'm into self-help. And so no recreational reading is going to do any of that for me. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, this is from Carl Winters. I'm going to mess this up too. What was it like working with Charles Bronson in the movie? Is it... Kinjite? Kinjite. Kinjite. Not too bad. Kinjite forbidden subjects. Kinjite forbidden subjects. Well, you know, it was a really weird, um, it was a really weird shoot because like we were talking about Brooke Shields and how the times were different. I was a young girl underage. My mom was on set with me. I was playing a prostitute. Um, he was very respectful. He, um, I really honestly really took the movie because my dad was a huge Charles Bronson fan. Yeah. Like my dad was like, are you kidding? This is a death like, wish guy. Was your dad into death wish? Oh, anything yeah. Charles Bronson. My dad was all about it. And I would always usually leave the room. So like yeah. I had no idea. I was like, okay, see you later. Going to my room, turn on the radio. <laughs> so, um, Yeah, it was sort of a nostalgic thing. And my dad was super impressed. And he, uh, Charles Bronson was super kind and a gentleman. And um, I don't have a lot of recollection. And I didn't work with him a lot. So uh, it was brief, but he was amazing. All right. So two things off of this. I knew this question was coming. So I looked at stuff up before I asked it. One is Charles Bronson, I think, was married three times. And his second wife, he went to the guy the girl was married to and said, I'm going to marry your wife. The guy, was, <gasps> she was married and told the guy, I'm going to marry he your did? wife. And they were married for like 22 years. Oh, my yeah. God. And, yeah, he did. He stole the guy's wife. He called the shot. I think he's a stud. I think he's like the full or on. Or an asshole. Like, <laughs> um, well, the, the lady took a part in yeah, it, didn't she? she? Did. Uh, she did. So, I mean, he's kind of like... I. That's ex- you know what all this makes sense. This is why my dad loved him. Yeah. Like if I were to show you pictures of my dad, my dad would like drive out to Vegas, um, in in the desert with his friends. They would pull out their guns. They would wear holsters and cowboy hats and have like belts with bullets, and they'd be shooting off shit and then go hire hookers. And, <laughs> and he called himself the Vegas Kid. Like that's my uh, dad. Okay. Yeah. So um, this all makes sense. So yes. Uh, that would 
yeah, that's who my dad would like think is cool. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So my so, other question he, about they married ahead. her for 20 years, yeah. you say. Right? She unfortunately she died at 54 years old. Yeah. Oh, that's she really, she got yeah. sick and died. Very very beautiful woman, by the way. Um, but yeah, no, I had to look everything up. And then he and then um at less than uh, I think five years of you working with him, I think he passed away. You know, he died at I think at age 82. But all right, so here's another question. This is a ridiculous question, but this is something his age, Charles Bronson's age, where in Hollywood, a lot of people had hair pieces. Was Charles Bronson wearing a hair piece? Oh, my God, I have no idea. You don't even I, know. I have no yeah, idea. I, my no, but you know who my I college roommate's that. dad did hair for actors in Hollywood, and he would, my, he was always a guy that would spot hair piece, hair piece, hair piece. And so, I didn't, hell, I didn't know. You know, you know it, was, it was funny. That's funny because people would always ask me about William Shatner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On TJ yeah, Hooker, it's, it's right? So was it yeah, hair piece? Was hair. it not? And I was was like, why do you? Care? Who cares? Um. Yeah. And I at that age, I didn't understand. Like, I just was like, who cares? Because we're all in the makeup. And my mom would be like, um, just like peek and see. Like, are they? Are they <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um. And I still don't know. And it probably was. And um. You know what's so funny is, do you watch Good Day LA? I used to when I lived in Los Angeles. I did. Yes. So Tony McEwing, right? Yeah. Who um, was on there forever, and we're all a fan of. Um, I watch it every day religiously. It's the first when I wake up when that alarm goes off. The first thing I do is I'm like, I put on Good Day <laughs> Steve Edwards is still a good friend. Um, but Tony McEwing and I was looking at his hair, and I was like, hmm, <laughs> that now looks you're wondering. awfully thick. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. This was awfully thick, and he retired recently. And he was like, "And I'm also retiring." No way. Off. No yeah. way. Ooh, yeah. that's a ballsy move. Amazing. I don't yeah, know why that's... guys care. Why do guys care so much about you know, their hair? You know what? I started thinking about it when Jeremy was talking, and and I oh, was that like, was remember, shocking. Because when you and I were younger, think about it. When you and I were younger, how many men did you see? And this was all the time. Guys who just had the rim. They had the hair on the sides, nothing on top. Now you don't see those guys anymore. So because how many guys no don't have, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. How many guys are actually getting hair transplants? I'm guessing a lot now because I when dated, we were younger, they were I all dated over the a place. guy with hair transplants and he wouldn't fucking admit it. And I would read the <laughs> shampoo. Like he would use special shampoo. He wouldn't fucking admit it. Yeah. He wouldn't. And it was so, and I was so annoyed because like, if I would like, um, grab Touch his, his hair, hair he'd be like, oh, ah. <laughs> like don't oh, pull shit. on it. Cause you know, like I'm a little bit of a hair yeah. puller. And um, he would be like, don't pull on it. And I went and I read his um, shampoo bottles and it was like for synthetic hair or whatever. And I was Ooh. like, but I don't understand. They do a great job. Okay, fine. I guess. I mean, it's like, why do women get implants? I mean, why do women get, why does anybody get lip injections? I guess it all is like whatever you're feeling. Yeah. Um, and I guess they are looking better these days. Cause for a while you knew immediately, yeah, right? Like you, you could, could see, you could like tell plugs. the lines with guys. Yeah. Cause guys have a point and then if it goes straight down, you're like, Oh, it's a hairpiece. Yeah. And, and it looked like, um, it looked, you could see the plugs in yeah. the hairline. Yeah. So it was never a good look, but now I guess it's like easy to do. Like Jeremy's looked, I would have never even no. thought. No, me neither. Um, no. So whatever. I mean, whatever yeah. people want to do. I'm all there. Oh, I'm there. I'm with you. I'm with you, too. It doesn't not, None of it bothers me. If they people, whatever makes people feel better, I'm all for. Yeah. Um, here we go. Shad Jones has the question. Where was Blown Away filmed? Um, I want to say Toronto. Okay. Toronto or Vancouver. Maybe both. Um, and some of the countryside over there, it was, it was, we spent a lot of time there and we were all over the place, but it was definitely in Canada. Okay. There, there you go. Yeah. That's, that's, um, that's always interesting to me when people not only ask that question, but because that's something I would have asked also of, I'm always curious to know where are these you know things filmed, you know, like I was always shocked when I was a big Rocky fan as a kid, I was always shocked in Rocky four that when he fought the Russian, it was in Vancouver. Oh, like, was in Vancouver. Why? I don't get it. Why? Because Why I guess they're looking, they're they looking. Are. I don't know. It's just one of those things. I'm always curious to know. Like, I know it's more expensive in certain places, but in Canada, it's supposed to be cheaper. And so, but I don't know why it was like, wait a second. We don't have any problem in Canada. What's the deal? When I saw, when I saw Rocky four, it was because remember during that time in the eighties, I don't know if you're a Rocky fan, but in the eighties, especially when Reagan's president, there's always the threat of one of us is going to drop a bomb on each other. We both had a, had a button for the nuclear bomb. 
And so it was high tension in the, in the mid eighties, early eighties and Rocky four, when that came out, I remember it was Thanksgiving weekend and everybody was standing up during the last fight in the theater. People were standing up. Oh. I've never seen anything like it. Like oh. they were so into, into what was happening in Rocky four. And I was like, I, this was in Nashville, Tennessee. So either I was as dumb as everyone else or they're as dumb as me, but we we're standing during a movie. No, listen, this legacy is big like what they're doing now and how it's continued and how it's evolved. And like the whole franchise is like, it's a beautiful thing. And off of something like boxing. Um, yeah. Amazing. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah. No, you guys are like tried true fans. <laughs> we, we, we look at, look at where it's at. Yeah, the, the, it's the Apollo, yeah, the Apollo like, movies yeah. are coming out. Michael B. Jordan. Amazing. And he handed yeah. it over and um, I, I, so graciously and beautifully. And it's, I don't know. I, I get all like mushy about that stuff, but I Me love too. it. Yeah. Me too. All right. Last question. This is a question I would have asked as well. Uh, Vicky Lagana says, who was your first Hollywood crush? Oh God. Um, you know, it's so funny. I was never a kid that like crushed on anybody. Like I never had a poster in my room. I remember thinking Kirk Cameron, cringe, cringe, cringe. I remember thinking Kirk Cameron was cute for a second. Um, Ricky Schroeder was always a friend yeah. and thought was cute. I guess Corey Haim will go with Corey Haim. Okay. Yeah. That's um, interesting. So you had I, access I never... to people. That's the difference to you and everyone else. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Kirk Cameron's show was going on when your show was going on. Like if you wanted to somehow reach out to Kirk Cameron, you could. Oh, I would it. see him every Friday night. Like I was, oh. I was around that kid all the time. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Yeah, no, I saw him all. Nobody, the time. nobody lives a life like that. That I is insane. Not. So that's why there was never any Hollywood crushes. I was always looking for like you know a surfer or a skateboarder yeah. or somebody like doing some kind of like X game thing before X games was a thing. Um, actors were not my digs. Oh, that's there you go. There you go. There's the answer to that. that yeah. So it's, uh, I would say Corheim and uh, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, there you those go. Those are the two. There you go. And yeah. And I lived out those fantasies and yeah. Lucky girl, I guess. Wait, did you ever date Mark Wahlberg? Is that what you just dropped? You know, a girl doesn't kiss and Well, tell. it just sounded like you dropped it. Like I can't let it go. I know as soon as if I just act like nothing just happened. People go, what the fuck? I mean, listen, I was dating somebody else. Okay, this is a really okay. funny but bad story. Was this so one who was Mark and Mark and the else. Funky Bunch, Mark? Yes, okay. So, okay. listen, he goes in and out of town. It was perfect. And we were good friends. And um, so, one night, it's when the Roxbury was really famous yeah. and popular. And so, we go, we go to the Roxbury. We have a good night or whatever. And I'm dating somebody else. Like, this is horrible, Nicole. I'm telling you a dirty, dark Nicole secret. And um, my boyfriend goes, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, and I was like, you know, I don't know. I was like, and we're out at his place in Malibu, his parents' house out in Malibu. And um, I'm like, I don't know. Let me think. Oh, I think I went to Roxbury. He's like, yeah, yeah, you oh, did. Oh, He's yeah, like, you did. You, who are you with? You know, and I was like, I don't know. You know, I'm playing it off. And he goes, um, and, he, and he confronts me because I've been terrible. I've been a terrible girlfriend. I'm very young. Is he famous? Is this, a, is this a famous person? Who's asking me? Yeah, the person that was your He's boyfriend. He's also an actor. He's oh, okay. also an actor. I don't think he probably... I, no, not... but is it somebody the audience would know if you said their name? Probably. Eric Atterbury. Okay. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, good for you. He, and he was such a good guy. He still is such a good guy. We're still friends. Luckily, he's still my friend. Um, and so anyways, I don't know. He starts questioning me and I fail all the... Like, I fail miserably. And... um we're doing laundry and he throws people magazine at me oh, and not at me, but like at the laundry thing. And it's all there is, it's a picture of Mark Wahlberg and I making out in the window at the Roxbury. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He was in town. Um, we're friends when he's in town. Um, but you know, this is life. This is this is what your twenties are for. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was I awesome. Think so. That was awesome. I mean, I think so. That might have I just been so. my favorite part of the show that we've we, we've done <laughs> right there. Out of all the shows, that might have been my favorite part that that just came out. That was good. 
That was good. All right. right. We'll end with that. That was, that was fantastic. (laughs) Truth. It's the truth. Well, it's funny because later on I went and I, um, I did a cameo on that show, uh, uh, Entourage or whatever that's based on his life story. Yeah. And it was so shit. And it was like, um, I, growing up on sets and like being on sets my whole life, I, I have like a big appreciation for good ADs, like assistant directors who like can schedule their stuff and have everything timely. Cause if you don't know me already, I'm pretty like particular and critical, um, easygoing, but I like everything to like, why didn't you schedule it properly? And it was scheduled so poorly. And I think I was like on set for hours to do this one line. So I go in and I do it. And it was like, Nothing about it was like what I expected. And I leave and I take like thousands of dollars worth of denim jeans. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were all just piled in my dressing room. Like, try these on. Do you want any of I was like, I'm so fucking annoyed that I spent all day here waiting to do that one line. And I, I stole all the denim. But, you know, there you go. There you go. Oh, my gosh. So that's oh another doozy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was a lot all of the horrible things I've done. Yes. <laughs> Again, if you have a question for Nicole, all, all you have to do is go to the website, perfectlytwistedpie.com. Go to Nicole's mailbag, uh, ask the question, and we'll, we'll get it on the show. But that was, and that was don't fun. forget to subscribe to us, guys. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next week. And Dave, I love your casual look, by the way. <laughs> I like casual. how you started with the button down and, and yeah. you going on. Now it's there's gone into the like Anna and a, and a flip yeah. Yeah, oh, I like it. This I'm is my favorite. It. This is my this is me right here. You want to see the regular me? This is what I prefer. I know. Most. Well, yeah, I like it. I like <laughs> it a lot. You. Thank you.